In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So this weekend we celebrate the 24th Sunday after Pentecost, and I know that doesn't mean much to most of us. So as Pastor Jones reminded us at the beginning of our readings, basically what we reflect on on these last couple days of the church year is that the end is near. This is the final month of our church year, and in these last few Sundays, we look to the return of Jesus on the last day. So our Old Testament and Gospel lessons today are stern warnings. First, from the biting tongue of the prophet Amos, and then, in tender concern, from our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen again to Amos. Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. Why would you have the day of the Lord? It is darkness and not light, as if a man fled from a lion and a bear met him, or went into the house and leaned on his, his hand against the wall and a serpent bit him. God's people of old wanted him to come and end their struggles. They were doing all right and they felt good with themselves, but they were asking for the holy God, you know, the one who casts out sin, to come back. They thought that God wouldn't notice their sin and only punish the sins of their neighbors. Amos laughs at them. And cries out, woe to you. When God punishes sin, it is a darkness and not light. We should not glee in the punishment of sin. It is a tragedy that sin was committed. Again, he says it's like running from a lion only to find yourself in the face of a bear, or finding yourself in a place of rest to only be bitten unexpectedly. Why does Amos say this to God's people? Why does Amos say that God hates their feasts and takes no delight in their worship services? Because they are not righteous. They live wickedly in sin. They pay lip service to God's commandments. Appearances might fool your neighbor, but Amos reminds us that they don't fool God. Your sin deserves punishment just as much as your neighbor's sin deserves punishment. And then Jesus teaches a parable in the midst of a discourse all about the final days. It's a parable that's probably familiar to most of us sitting here. Jesus tells of ten virgins awaiting a wedding celebration. They were waiting for the bridegroom to begin the processional ceremony that would usher in the great banquet celebration. But in this parable, the groom is later than expected. So much so that the women who were waiting end up falling asleep, all ten of them. The cry goes out when the women least expect it, and at midnight they wake up and get ready for the party. 
Well, as you remember Jesus recalling this parable to you, half of them were. The other half did not have enough oil prepared for their lamps. And as the story concludes, they find themselves outside of the party because they missed his coming. And when they plead to the bridegroom, he says he knows them not. And they are left outside. In the Old Testament, Amos was clearly telling God's people they were not ready. In Jesus' parable in the New Testament, some of those who were invited were not ready. So, what's the likelihood that you and I are ready? We might appear ready because, well, you're sitting in pews right now, right? You're, you're doing the stuff you're supposed to do, right? We might have our lamps in our hands. We might know to expect his return, but it's taking longer than we thought. So do we have what it takes to be ready for Jesus' return? Are we ready for the day when Jesus will utterly destroy sin forever? Are we ready for the day when he will destroy sin to re recreate all things new in peace, joy, and love? Certainly not in and of yourself. But I need to remind you, are you not without the Holy Spirit? Is it not true that Jesus has come for those of us who are lost in our sin? Brother and sister in Christ, are you ready? Listen closely. Yes, you are. Because Jesus has prepared you. All of your sin... Your sin of this past week that you regret right now. Your sins throughout life that still nag at you and haunt you and come back and remind you of your failures. Jesus did not delight in those, but he took them all upon himself. He loves you so much that he willingly laid down his life for yours. We can never hear that enough because, well, we often doubt that it can be true. This overwhelming of love of God is not something we deserve. So we often live as if we don't have it. We wish we could earn it, but we cannot. We don't deserve it. But he has given himself, and we are his. So today, humbly, we recognize rightly that we deserve God's wrath for our sin. From both our Old Testament and Gospel lesson, it's clear. And it's from this beggar's posture 
that our epistle rings out with God's promise. We will always be with the Lord. Be encouraged, brothers and sisters. God clearly says today that He chooses to be with you. Every breath that you take as a baptized child of God is one that is redeemed by Jesus. His forgiveness fills your lamps with oil that lasts forever. The end will be dark for some, but it won't be for you. And in fact, you have the joy of shining that light of Christ so others might know, so that others may be prepared by the one who has prepared you. Because God has given you the gift of faith to trust in Him. And the Holy Spirit works through us to extend this grace to others. St. Paul reminds us that even those who close their eyes in the sleep of death in Christ will awake when the cry goes out. Even when we take our last breath, we will always be with the Lord. Today, as we look to the return of Christ, we see clearly we will always be with the Lord. When we confess our sins, Jesus speaks through your brother, and you know that we will always be with the Lord. When you were brought to the waters of baptism, His grace was poured over you, and the Holy Spirit sealed you with the gift of faith, and you know we will always be with the Lord. When you receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness, of your sins, it is on your lips, and you taste and see that we will always be with the Lord. Simple means of grace that will always be with you. We will always be with the Lord because He has come to us and continues to come to us without failing. This world is full of trouble. Our sins cause us pain, as well as the sins of others. God tells you today, even in the midst of all of this, He is still with us. Emmanuel has come to us. So there is nothing to fear. And when Jesus returns on the last he will wipe away every tear. So if you hear of wars and rumors of wars, as you notice the trials and tribulations that this earth is going through, know that Jesus still reigns. And when he returns, you will hear the cry go out and you will be filled with joy because your lamps are trimmed and ready by him. And so we boldly, knowing that we will always be with the Lord, enter into this season of the end time, and we prepare ourselves for the advent. We boldly call out, Come, Lord Jesus. And he will return at the exact time he intends. Until then, 
we know that the Holy Spirit dwells with us and we will always be with the Lord. Amen.